All right. Welcome to Longhorn Confidential. Cedric Golden here with Danny Davis, Brian Davis, and the Duck. Kirk Bowles, Longhorn Nation, has a new football coach. His name's Steve Sarkeesian. You already know that. But today, he addressed the populace. Longhorn Network and all mediums in between. I'm going to start with you, Kirk, because you've done more coaching introductory press conferences than all of us combined. What were your impressions of Steve Sarkeesian one day after he woke up as, as the most uh, celebrated assistant coach in all of college football? Actually, I thought he'd be a little more tired. You know, I, I can't imagine him getting any sleep, you know, after last night's celebration, uh, pummeling the Ohio State Buckeyes for his uh, national championship ring as offensive coordinator. So I, I, there really weren't any surprises that I, I could tell. Uh, it was a lot of coach speak, going to work hard, going to chase greatness and try to win championships. So uh, I, I didn't I didn't really hear anything that maybe, you know, take pause. Uh, didn't make any faux pas, no real mistakes. He's going to roll up his sleeves and work hard. Danny, um, what were your impressions? I was – I, I don't know that I was expecting the president and and the um, Board of Regents chairman to be there. Um, they did that already. What did you think about that? I was expecting just straight sports, but we still got the administration. What did you think about that? Yeah, I, you know, they could have just put that out in an email. We didn't need to be there for, for that part. I would have preferred if, you know, they're going to show up, they could add, answer some questions because I think all of us had a, had a couple questions to them. But you know, Steve Sarkeesian, you know, I don't know what bands y'all like, uh, who, who y'all listen to, but, you know, if he was a band, he played all the hits. He didn't play the new stuff. He went in there. He played all the hits. And I don't think there's a Texas fan who, after watching uh, Alabama score, whatever it was last night, 50-some points, getting a commitment today, and then watching him say everything that every Texas fan had been wanting him to say, you know, I don't think there's a pessimistic Texas fan out there. You know, who, who knows what it's going to be like in August, but for now, you know, the Texas fans are on cloud nine because Steve Sarkeesian, you know, he, he won the press conference. As much as you can win a press conference over Zoom, he, he won it today by saying what he needed to say about the team, saying what he needed to say about the, the eyes of Texas, which I'm sure we'll get into, saying what he needed to say about Texas A&M. You know, he, he, he played all the hits today and said what he needed to say. <laughs> Brian, don't get it started. There you go. I just thought that, I just thought it was funny how he said, "Well, and I know you don't do the thumbs up," and I'm like, "I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever." You know. <laughs> well, Brian, uh, I thought it was a love in. I mean, it was. I I I I, I didn't get choked up, but I thought it was a love in. I was just shocked to be the first one to ask a question, and everyone else was welcoming him, in, welcoming him, and congratulations. I was like, "All right, well, what do you got for us?" I mean, that was basically what I was saying but um what do you got what do you got uh, so so what's going to be the reaction when he leads them to a national championship in his first year brian because i, I mean that's just how it sounds right now I mean, I, well I, that's that's a good point and what, you know what i mean i i think even i think even kirk will have to say he's impressed at that point i mean i don't know that could, that, okay. that, that could be hard slow but down slow listen, down listen here, here's the, here's the thing about it okay it really doesn't matter who well, I, I, well, it does kind of matter who's who's the new head coach. But the bottom line is, whoever the next coach was going to be, okay, that person 
is inheriting what I think is a pretty good roster. I mean, this is not a rebuild in any way, shape, or form, okay? And anyone it's who tries build. to tell you – Yeah, it's, it's just – it's a build on top of what's already there. I mean, the one thing you can say about Tom Herman is that he left the program better than where he found it. There's, there's no question about that, right? Um, Casey Thompson, Hudson Card, B. John Robinson, Roshan, Joshua Moore, a, a decent offensive line, Overshone, uh, Thompson. There's a lot of playmakers on this team. Um, hopefully there's enough playmakers to beat TCU. I mean, geez, Louise. I mean, hey, forget about getting to the CFP. Can they just, you know, be competitive and get to the Big 12 championship game? I think that's really what is the main minimum goal here. And I agree with Sark. I think this could happen faster than people think um, because of who is on the roster. Doug, uh, uh, Del Conte said, we wanted someone who was battle-tested. And I think he meant more than football with that. Do you think he's ready for this pressure cooker? I know he's coached in pressure cookers as an assistant and as a head coach at USC. I think he's probably better for the experiences that he's had. But do you think that that's going to equate to ultimate success at Texas? Well, if he doesn't, I don't know who is going to. I mean, he's been on the big stage, like you said. I mean, you've coached it. Southern Cal, that's one of the, like the top eight, you know, blue bloods of college football. He coached under, you know, Nick Saban, who is the uh, the tyrant, the bully, the the dynastic king of college football. And he weathered that storm for two years and came out on the other side with a national championship. He, you know, he may be an assistant coach yesterday, but he's a head coach coming in on a natural high today after uh, what they accomplished and. I don't know who asked it, maybe you, Brian. He was talking about there couldn't have been a better advertisement for him becoming the new Longhorn coach than four hours last night of Alabama players running up and down the field and scoring uh, over 50 points. And, Danny, you see the recruits are already starting to look this way. What do you think about Quinn Ewers? Do you think Quinn Ewers, who's pledged to Ohio State but still a teenage boy, might be swayed to come back this way and stay in Texas for this new head coach? Speaking of playing the head team, make sure to give a shout-out to all the high school football coaches in the state. That's, um, that was a gangster move. He needed to do that. That's uh, something you always do. Is, uh, you can probably hear my child crying in the background. Sorry about that. That's but, um, okay. Hey, hey, what's up, Chuck? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Me and um, Mike Craven talked about that last week on our Longhorn Confidential podcast. Um, you know, Quinn, he's a Texas fan, so, I mean, that may put him back into the equation. I'm sure that's going to be a high priority for Steve Sarkeesian and the staff, but Ohio State's pretty damn good at, you know, producing quarterbacks. And, you know, the fact of the matter is Ohio State's going to be able to show that resume of the guys they produced recently and sent to the league, and that's going to be a pretty big drawing card. You know, Steve Sarkeesian has a pretty long list of quarterbacks. He's going to be able to say, hey, you know, these are people I've mentored. We're not chopped liver over here. As much as good as Sam was the past couple of years, Texas just could not stack up against Ohio State. So maybe they're into that. Maybe they're back into that conversation. Um, I'm sure that's a relationship that they're going to definitely want to develop over the next couple of years. But I don't think just because this hire happened that Quinn Ewers is flipping, um, flipping immediately because Ohio State's a pretty good – being the quarterback of the Ohio State Buckeyes, that's pretty good. Being the quarterback te- the Texas Longhorns is a pretty nice gig too, but it's not like Ohio State's some bum school that he flipped to. That's going to be a pretty – hard um, flip for Steve Sarkeesian, but we'll see. It's in a whole nother year. Who knows what the COVID situation is going to be, and maybe that's a 
yeah, that's an advantage because Texas is right in his backyard, but we'll have to see. That's definitely a storyline we're going to follow over the next year or so. Well, at least say he beat him. Yes. He beat him. And, and Justin Fields is leaving. So, yeah. I mean, that, there's going to be a chance uh, for him to play. I'm going to I'm gonna query the, the whole room, and I'm going to start with Brian. If there's any piece of advice that you could offer for Steve Sarkeesian, what would it be? Ooh, he, ah, oh, God. Um, not that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not that. Definitely not that. You know, I, I, think, I think what I would say is trust what got you here, quite frankly. You know, um, don't try to be someone you're not because this fan base, and I promise you that locker room, they can see right through it, right? Um, he's a down-to-earth guy. He's been through some stuff in his life. Um, don't you don't have to gussy it up any more than than what you don't have to you don't have to scare the players you don't have to uh, serve them burnt hot dogs and make them get up there at five thirty in the morning you don't have to do all that right um, I, I genuinely believe that the players on the roster they want to win and they want someone to show them how to win and win big this guy has done that I think he doesn't need to trick it up just go in there and go look this is what they do at Alabama. If y'all want to do that, then great. If not, then go somewhere else. Duck. Well, he mentioned the word authentic about 25 times uh, to Brian's point. And like you say, he, he does seem like a good guy. He, he, he didn't come across as, you know, cocky or arrogant or anything like that. Now, we haven't had a pizza party with him or anything like that. So, you know, who too knows? Soon. Too, too soon. soon. Okay. Too soon. Way too soon. But uh, – but he does come across as authentic, and I know Del Conte gave him a hug uh, after he introduced him, but I guess he gives a lot of hugs to, to other people. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think he, he does have a realness to him, uh, and I think that is something that probably players will gravitate to. Uh, and I guess what? I guess he already got a receiver commitment today from uh, Devonta Smith uh, the second, right? So uh, – I'm sure those blue chips are going to start piling in. They're going to be piling in by the doorstep probably by the morning. Daniel? Hey, personally, I probably wouldn't pound my chest and say, we're going to sing the eyes of Texas. I don't know if that's a wow. with this team. There's a segue. Go ahead and flame away in the comments, Facebook people. I don't really care. But, you know, it's also simple. Don't lose to TCU. Don't lose yep. to Iowa State. Win the games you're supposed to contend for Big 12 championships. And for the love, we love it because it gives us copy and things to write about. But, you know, Chris Del Conte, probably the first thing he says when he sat down is just don't trip over your own feet. Don't flip off the Longhorn Network cameras. Don't headbutt your player back. on national TV. Don't go wanting to fight Mike Gundy at midfield. Don't be doing this, the burned hot dogs and all that stuff that Tom just could – it seems like at times just Tom just could not get out of his own way and just kept on having these silly mistakes that compiled and compiled and compiled. And then at the end, you know, a coach that went 7-3 and three should not be fired. But when you have this long list of just missteps, it's really easy to make that, you know, make that change. So just don't get in your own way. Win the games you're supposed to win. And, you know, things are, things are going to happen. You have enough talent at Texas to contend for Big 12 championship. Just don't make the same mistakes that Tom Herman made. And I think, you know, things are going to be fine. And mine, uh, just like you said, Danny, um, 
Tom against Texas Tech, Baylor, and TCU, seven and five. No, that just won't get it done here. Win the state on the field, win the state in recruiting, and you're gonna and you're gonna find yourself playing Oklahoma every year in the Big 12 championship game. The one thing about Mac Brown is when I got on this beat in 2002, Mac Brown had figured out how to beat most everybody except OU. He figured that out, and then championship a championship followed, and a championship appearance followed after that. So once you figure out how to win the state, and he's already jumping in bed with these high school coaches, so it was a smart move. You have to do that. Can't keep losing to Gary Patterson. I'm sorry, that's not acceptable. And, and, and you could never lose the Tech. Continue to beat the Kansas teams and figure out how to beat those two from Oklahoma. I think that is his recipe. Uh, Brian, before we go, I, I want to do this one more time. How long will it take? What's a reasonable expectation for Steve Sarkeesian to get Texas into a college football playoff? Whew. Did Najee get off the play, plane with him? Did, did Devontae get off the plane? I didn't. I, I did not I see those guys. I don't think they did. I don't and think they, they made yeah, the trip. Yeah, they did not. They're not. They were t- they're taking a private jet somewhere else right now. And good um, for them. I will say this. If Tom had been the coach still, I, I think Texas, you know, should have every reason to expect to be in the Big 12 title game next year. But what we're talking about and said what you're asking is CFP. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I still think let's, let's get past TCU and Iowa State and Oklahoma first, right? I mean, look, 0-6 against those three teams the last two years is a joke, quite frankly, uh, for a program of this size and stature. But it is what it is. And so uh, that, that to me is where, you know, I, I almost like to say this. For once, let's not focus on the CFP. Focus on the Raging Cajuns, okay? That's who's first. And then focus on Arkansas and then whoever the third team is, right? Focus on those games and start building from there. So you're saying they need to go 1-0 and uh, next week? Yeah. Oh, dear. You know, a famous philosopher once said that. I can't remember who. But he had the theory is good in, in sound and practice. Some, it just doesn't translate sometimes. I think no. you should also bury the binder. Uh, you know, let's get rid of the binder. And, you know, for all practical purposes, there's no reason to think you would even want to copy, you know, his professor. <laughs> in wow. Any wow. Wade's not here anymore. He's sitting at his desk. So uh, uh, I agree with you guys. Uh, expectations, you know, and I get tired of it hearing all the national thing. All oh, those media and alumni and everybody, and they have unrealistic expectations. They want you to go 12-0 every year. Well, they like him to go 12 and 0 once in a while. Okay. Not every year because, you know, Tom got uh, uh, four years, Charlie got three years, and uh, they never went 12 and 0. If I let me look at my notes, no, they never went 12 and 0. So uh, I don't know. It's hard to say that this program isn't broken. Now, Charlie had three losing seasons. That was uh, broken. Well, and. I don't know from everything we know about how maybe fractured this team might have been with all the opt-outs and a lot of drama, we don't know that this program's not broken. And that's going to be determined over the next few years. And I'm not sure we're going to know after one year. What do you think, Danny? I may sound 
like a complete idiot. And oh, please do. I love when you do that. <laughs> I love when you sound like an idiot. Go ahead. I don't see a reason why 10 wins is not the base <sighs> next year. Assuming it's a 12-game schedule. New quarterback. There's a new quarterback, but with the talent coming back, this Texas team isn't going to be not favored in any of those non-conference games. I mean, I know Louisiana had a nice season this year, but this Texas team is better than Arkansas. They're definitely better than Rice. And you look at the conference schedule, and yes, Oklahoma will be favored um, and will be expected to win another Big 12 title. Iowa, then it's Iowa State and Texas. I mean, it's those two are the next – the two and the three. So – you know, if Texas wins the games it's supposed to, which I know it never does, never <laughs> completely runs the table at the games it's supposed to, but maybe a new regime comes in and changes that. So, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at the schedule and looking at, you know, maybe I'm buying a little bit into the Sark hype. I just don't see 10 wins being that out of the question. Then once you get to that plateau, you know, it sounds silly saying maybe they beat Iowa State, but maybe they beat Iowa State. And then, you know, you're contending with Oklahoma for Big 12 titles. So, Sure, you know, they could easily once again go seven and five, and I look like an idiot when we're all at the Cheez It Bowl or the Texas Bowl again. But hey, you know, I don't see 10 wins being out of the question. Maybe, you know, maybe we're in New Orleans again if a couple of things break, break the, right, the right way. There's not Kool Aid in this Yeti, but there's Kool Aid over at the Davises. I can, I can taste <laughs> that Kool Aid. You're drinking it. Either water or Kool Aid. I don't know. Yeah, before, before, we, before we get out of here, we have to address the eyes of Texas. He yeah. said, that's the, that's the school song, and we're going to sing it. And I'll start with you, Duck. Um, why do you think he said that? He, it, did, it didn't sound like there was a lot of wiggle room for any football players that are coming in here of any race, if you know what I mean. So what did you take from those comments? Well, I think he he I took from that that he'd been listening to Kevin L. Tife and Jay Hartzell and Chris Del Conte, who uh, this administration has said that's going to be the alma mater moving forward. That they're not going to change it, and that they expect all the athletic teams to stand. Now he, he said sing. Sing. I know he said he, sing. I hear you. He mentioned we're going to sing. He said proudly. I don't know how you speak for eighty-five players and say they're going to sing proudly. But this is, a, this is a controversy that never truly went away and still really hasn't. So uh, I would just say welcome to Austin, Sark. What about you, Danny? I would imagine there are some players watching that press conference who said that, the second he said that. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see a situation like Oklahoma again. Um, no. I think there's a happy medium, um, and I think – between volleyball to basketball to football, I think there was a compromise, um, whether that was standing and some players, if they chose not to sing, not singing, and if you chose to sing it, you know, go go use those vocals. Um, I don't think you can police that, and I just don't think you can go tell a bunch of um, strong-willed, young African-American student-athletes you were going to sing a song. Um, I think there's a way to not disrespect the fan base and also stay true to your beliefs. And I think Texas is going to have to figure that out because, you know, speaking of Tom missteps, I think all of us probably can agree when Tom came into that first, uh, you know, team meeting and the way he acted in that kind of lost a lot of players. And you don't want to, you know, do that with players, especially something that's more important than a team meeting. Um, you know, these racial issues are more important than, you know, telling someone to you know, sit up in a team meeting. So I think there's a fine line you have to, um, you know, 
you know, bridge this. And, but at the end of the day, like, this is – if the Texas football players choose to sing that song next year, it is not because Steve Sarkeesian came in and decided to tell them to sing it. You know, it's because those athletes decided, you know, we don't want to go through this another year. You know, this was really trying and this was really tiring and it's just not worth it to us this year. Um, it's going to be because, you know, they come in and decide that song means more to them and they want to sing it. But it's not going to become because a white coach came in and told them to, um, you know, sing a song. And once again, I'm sure there's some people commenting away in the Facebook comments, but, you know, Let their em. opinion is quite frankly irrelevant. This is on the players and this is about what they want to do going forward. And um, we're just going to have to see. But, you know, hopefully – this isn't a every week story for us next year. Um, hopefully the players stay true. The athletes stay true to who they are, the, whether or not you want to sing it or you don't want to sing it. And, you know, the coaches kind of stay clear, maybe not slip up like Tom did with some of his things um, this, this past fall. Cause there were definitely slip ups, even though I commend him for sticking up for his players. Um, and, you know, the song is a song and do what you got to do. Brian. Yeah, I, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's a very simple solution. You tell all the players, look, uh, when the game is over, we're going to stand together as a team on the field while the fans do their thing. You either sing it or don't, whatever. Uh, you put your horns up or don't, whatever. But, but you, you, we need to stay as a group, as a unified group on the field for an- another minute. It's a, it's a one-minute deal, you know. Um, I, th- I think I think that's a simple happy medium on this whole thing. I mean, let's be honest: is the band has to get it together first. The band is the one who you know they're the ones they that can play without. They can play it over the loudspeaker without the band. Exactly. They if the can. band doesn't I mean, get their act together, the band ain't coming back. So you know that's a whole another piece to to this whole thing. So um, I, I just think it's interesting that that he said it as forcefully as as he did. I just feel like. Danny, Danny hit the nail on the head. Do they want another year ruined by this thing, or do they want to win football games? Right. I mean, to me, that's that's kind of what this what this thing is. And do you guys think that they're gonna that that Sark and his coaches are gonna have to address this in recruiting visits? What if yes. what if Mama what yes. if Mama goes? Yes. Well, my baby don't want to sing that song, but he wants to play at Texas. Then what? You tell him, fine. Don't sing the song. It's no big deal, but we're gonna. Hey, but hey, but mom, we're gonna ask your. We're gonna ask Tommy or Joe to hang out on the field for just another minute while while the song plays on the loudspeakers, and then we can go. Okay, uh, I'm, we're probably talking more along the lines of of, of Taekwon and and Lashawn. I think so, Tommy sorry, and Joe are usually Tommy I I had to say what Danny was thinking. But Danny's already got him ripping him on the comments. Generic name, sorry. I'm talking about. I, I can say it. Young, I know some young black men that have a problem with that song, and that's going to be part of, part of the story. And he's going to have to address it during recruiting, and it's going to be something that that has to be addressed. I think it's going to be fine, and I agree with Danny. I don't know that they want to go through this ever again because it became a story that was bigger than it than the program. But I, th- I do think it's something that Sark is going to have to address. And he was very forceful in his speaking of that song. And it did not duck. It didn't appear to be um, a negotiation. It was, this is what it's going to be. But he, he made his point very clearly. Now, whether he 
tries to stick to those guns, who knows? And, you know, you, I, you don't know if with some of the players that don't want it, is that a line in the sand worth drawing, you know, is, or is it a, a, a smaller issue? I don't know. Each uh, That's up to each player for, for them to decide. So, you know, we don't know because, you know, I don't know how many seniors are leaving, but you might have 20 or more players leaving and another 20 or so coming. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that, like, I mean, that's that's part of the thing too. You know, a lot of the guys who led that charge, you know, were the Caden Stearns, the right. um, they're gone. You know, um, I guess you know Brendan Eagles, Josh Thompson's still back, but you know, a lot of those guys are phasing out and moving on with their lives. So this next group, they're going to have to decide if that's a battle they want um, to keep fighting. And you know, some of the leaders in the other, on the other teams are still going to be on campus uh, next year, so I'm sure they're going to still be fighting fighting their fights and. It's going to be interesting. We said about the band earlier, you know, you know, it's going to be really weird if the football players are all, you know, all give in and, you know, want to sing, but the band is still like, yeah, that's a pass for me. And the, the cheer team, the Palm Squad are like, yeah, we're still not recognizing that song. So it's not just about the football players either. It's going to be a, you know, athletic department, student department wide um, decision. And, you know, we're just going to, have to see what happens. But once again, it doesn't matter what the 40 year old who's watching us right now in our Facebook comments thinks. It's going to be about what those, 19 year olds uh those 19 year 20 year olds on campus next year want to do and good luck if you're going to go in there and tell them you are doing this or you you absolutely are doing you doing that you know good luck to you because you know you're you're going to need those players to play for you if you want to win here at texas i i personally would sort of like it if the head football coach was like you are going to lift those weights you are going to eat a good meal you are going to get a good night's sleep because i i I kind of liked it better when the discussion was about game, losing and losing games. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is a very serious issue, and it deserves very serious attention. But I just think that there are going to be people in the locker room, like like Danny and said said. There's going to be people that are like, "Hey, let's 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 move on and let's let's focus on football too." World's well, before we get out of here, uh, any any closing thoughts? I'll start with Kirk. No, I'm just saying the world's hard to predict right now. You know, we have no idea what social issues are going to be like. You know, come next September, we have no idea what the pandemic is going to look like. Are there going to be fans, you know, in the stands again? So, you know, this is kind of a day-to-day process until, you know, they get this uh, pandemic solved for one thing. So, and uh, I think just kind of an idea that maybe these social issues aren't quite going away quite as well as some people thought. Uh, if you look at our nation's capital. So, you know, this, this thing is going to be right there in front of it. It's, it's the elephant and the circus ain't leaving town. Brian, take the mask off and speak. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, this, these masks and this pandemic and everything else, I mean, I was excited to see 2020 go away, but 2021 is just off to a rollicking start, you know, with, with all things that are going on in this world. Um, yeah, I know. I just, I just think that Texas has found a, uh, a, a very genuine person to lead their football program, really. Um, that's what kind of today was about. And um, we'll all be here to talk about the ups and downs of it all going forward. But, you know, uh, this is only going to work if the people in the locker room, you know, buy in to what Sark is selling. And I mm-hmm. think if they uh, want to try to do something different and – go from a middling, above-average team to a championship team, they might want to listen. Danny? I think one thing that's going to be really interesting is just what does this offseason look like? Um, because 
I, I, li I like Tom, but I'm going to make fun of him right here. We've been led to believe it's almost impossible to, you know, coach a football team when you're, you aren't allowed to practice or you're not allowed to have your new coaches, uh, you know, t teach, t teach, teach the players, as was a common excuse um, for, you know, the loss this past spring. So Very truncated. Know, it's very truncated, Danny. Is there going to be spring drills? Is, are they going to be able to do their normal workouts because of the pandemic? Are things about to get a lot worse and we're going to completely spiral into another, another shutdown? So um, it's going to be just interesting to see what these next couple months and if um, you know, Steve Sarkeesian seemed pretty confident that, hey, even if things are over Zoom, we can still get a lot of, a lot of stuff done as far as meeting with the players and um, coaches when, when he was asked that today. So I'm just interested to see you know, him install a culture and a scheme um, over the next few months over what may or may not just be a normal offseason. Who knows? Maybe it's a normal spring, and you know we're talking about the spring game in a couple months, but it could very well not be. And we'll have to see how things get installed uh, over these next couple months. It looked like Alabama I, was practicing, didn't it? <laughs> I don't expect it to be normal this year. I think it's going to be a gradual progression back to normalcy, and I think 2021 hopefully will be much better with the vaccines coming out. But I, do, but I do believe they have a guy who is capable of bringing great things to this program. If he does or not, uh, that remains to be seen. But it sure is fun talking about it. Texas has a new football coach, Steve Sarkeesian. We will be there, hopefully, writing in full about his exploits. Check out our stuff on hook'em.com. For Daniel Davis, Brian Davis, the Duck, I'm Cedric Golden. We'll see you next time.